0: this is disney forever welcome to our perpetual disney movie investigation podcast i'm void and i'm here with my co-host katie who has amazing poll quotes like this
1: once a wild cat always a wild cat
0: (laughs) true i think
1: um today's
0: feature presentation is high school musical three uh katie what is this? You, you got us into this. What is this?
1: High School Musical 3 is the third movie in a trilogy of Master Zephron and his friends getting into hijinks while being in high school and also being in a musical and playing basketball and doing a musical at the same time about their senior year of high school.
0: Yeah, all of that is accurate. Well done. Um, I pulled history around this one. So this is still directed by Kenny Ortega, who directed all of them. Um, he seems to be consistently involved in some of our like more high, highly choreographed Disney movies that we've been digging into, um, which is interesting to just kind of see him across his career doing various things with Disney like this. But they're all like chore- choreography. Like that's what he does. Um, the development of High School Musical Street 3 started almost immediately after High School Musical 2 was released because they got green for the sequel Um, and the the filming for this one was mostly in Utah which is just like the last two like almost all of these were shot in Utah um, as they were making them. And the biggest thing is that they got a bigger budget for both the production and the marketing for this one because it was an actual theatrical release, whereas the other two, so High School Musical 1 and 2, were both Disney Channel original movies. This one was like a full-on Disney theatrical release in theaters across, well, the world, but, you know, mostly the U.S. And um, the film was a critical success, and almost all the critics thought that it was better than the previous movies in the, the series. That was kind of like the general, you know, feedback on the movie. And it was a commercial success, too. It grossed $252 million worldwide, which is the highest of all the films, all three films. And it actually set the record for the biggest opening day for a musical film of all time until... 2012 when les miz came out and then that beat it but it had that record for a little while in there for a couple years um the soundtrack from high school musical 3 peaked at number two on the billboard top 200 and there was also one more follow-up after this called Sharpay's fabulous adventure which released three years later in 2011 um then it's also worth noting Just because this is like the last one in the main series there's one more spinoff called the high school musical the musical the series which i think you've watched right
1: i've watched some of the first season it's very meta because it's a it's a show about the kids who go to the high school in utah where they filmed high school musical three High school musical That's in general. Really weird, but. Yes. Okay.
0: Um, it got a spin off anyway, so worth noting. So, high level thoughts. What do you think of this one, Katie?
1: I think this one is the best of the three, and I will stand by that forever.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should we say why or wait till later? Like, why do you think it's the best? Because I think I disagree, I but I also could make the argument for it.
1: So, I really like this one because one, um, I, saw, I did see it in theaters, so I got the whole theatrical experience of seeing it like on the big screen. My sister and I went. Um, we were the oldest people that didn't have children in that theater. Okay. Um, but I really liked it because um, I thought the musical numbers were a lot better. I really liked the soundtrack in general on this one. Um, and also like it felt the storyline itself was a little bit more in a sense real to a point because um, like Troy Bolton is struggling with like what he wants his future to be. Right. So like he's struggling between whether or not he should pursue basketball or pursue theater because he's really good at both. Um, But he doesn't know what he wants to do because there's a whole path laid out for him by his father. And then there's a path that he thinks that he wants to pursue. Now, the big problem is, is that he, you know, he has a high school girlfriend, right and he feels like that's the only person he'll ever love forever because when you're a teenager everything is big and forever like this is true yes yes um but overall i thought that the musical numbers were a lot better the choreography was done very well i thought that because they had a bigger budget they got to do a, a lot more stuff some of it like some of their like cgi and some of their um like, special effects and stuff weren't super good, but this is also, what, like, 2008?
0: Yeah, 2008.
1: So that's not what they were spending the budget on. I don't think on the CGI. They they were spending it on, like, these big choreographed numbers, and then they had a bunch of different stages and things like that. Um, also, the, the actors were now a little bit more recognizable and a little bit more famous, at least the main cast, so... But that's what I really like. Also, I just love Zac Efron in this movie. So,
0: <laughs> okay, um, I kind of disagree. So, okay. I don't disagree with everything you said. Like, the choreography and the production values are really good in this movie, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I like some of what they do as, like, a storytelling device and a framing device where they... And this is kind of jumping ahead to the moments, but I think it's worth talking about. Um, one of the things is that they're, like, making their own musical as part of the musical. So it's already getting a little bit meta, but <laughs> it's basically, like, the the original cast from the first... Uh, a high school musical movie, Um, they come back around for senior year and they kind of end up convincing each other that, like, okay, well, I'll join the musical again, even though that's not originally their intention. And the drama teacher comes out and says, like, this year's musical is going to be about you. You're writing your own musical about your senior year. So they're, like, making the musical as their senior year is happening... And so as a framing device, what they do is that they'll be in like a real world situation like prom is coming up or you know this thing or that thing is coming up. And then suddenly, like, it'll go from real life to like them on stage performing it as if it's a musical. And it's kind of this really interesting way where they like put it together. So it's both the performance as the musical they've created and also real life at the same time. And it's never quite clear which one is which at a given moment. Um, I kind of like that. I thought that was cool. But despite all of that, right, and the choreography and the production, and they can all sing better, and, like, there's there's a lot of things going for this movie, and I absolutely agree with all that. I like the original story better. I like High School Musical 1's story a lot better because it is not cliche in the same way this one is. It's, like, every cliche and every, like, stereotypical high school situation that could come up in this movie comes up and then they walk right into it exactly the way that you expect and you can predict it before it happens in high school musical one because it was kind of this like scrappy underdog disney original movie that no one was paying attention to while it was created they bring up all of these high school cliches and stereotypes and they start walking towards them and then at the last second before they hit it they swerve around it and that was my favorite thing about that movie it was why it like surpassed all my expectations and this one didn't. Like it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just that I think that I really like what they did with the storytelling of all of those like twists on high school tropes. And this one doesn't really twist any of the tropes. They just like walk into the tropes and then perform them and sing about them. That's that's kind of where I was landing with it.
1: I mean, you're not wrong because this movie is very trope filled because it, it barely it hits every single possible like high school related trope we've ever seen, especially like those were very popular movies in the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, right? Yeah. Um, So it makes a lot of sense for it to be in that fashion because Disney is notorious for following like almost the cookie cutter image of what's popular at the time, right? Which we've talked about numerous times on previous episodes yeah. talking about movies. So this does, I think it's just because I don't mind Like, for me, I don't mind the whole, like, full of tropes and cliche stuff. I mean, like, I don't really have a whole lot of taste. Obviously, I watch Hallmark Christmas movies. (laughs) Um, But with this one, like, it does – it is very predictable because, like, the whole, like, my first love thing and then wanting to follow that person to college and then maybe not working out and then, you know, getting into your dream school or not getting into your dream school and then the whole, like, what do I want my future to be? Do I have to decide now, like – Um, And then, you know, the super smart girl not telling everybody that she's, you know, super smart and stuff. (laughs) So... Yeah,
0: like, everything was predictable. And that's why, like, we kind of jumped ahead into some of the moments because I barely took any notes on the moments. Like, the movie starts with the last basketball game of their season, their senior year. And then they immediately transition into, like, it's the last chance for them all to be in a musical and it's the last musical they're going to perform together. Um and then there's this part where there's this like hazing thing between like the seniors at the basketball mm-hmm. and like the the underclassmen where they like steal their clothes and they run away and i was just like that scene threw me out of the movie because like stealing someone's clothes in the locker room would get you in so much trouble that is such a violation of personal space and like wouldn't fly at all today even though this wasn't that long ago um But those were like the notable things in the movie to me. And all of that happened in the first, I don't know, like 20 minutes. And then everything (laughs) after that point was just... It was exactly like I could have stopped there and predicted the rest of the movie and before I watched the movie I, I could have given you these predictions and been like well this is where any other movie would go. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that High School Musical would do the same thing the first one did and like start walking towards these obvious pitfall tropes and then veer away at the last second but instead they just walked into every single one. So it's it's all like predictable from there forward. And I wish I had known that going in because then you could have just like sat back and like enjoyed the music, enjoyed the story Mm -hmm. and like, you know, the cast for what it is. I think my expectations were just a lot higher because I liked that first one for doing something different.
1: Gotcha. I didn't think about how like cliche and trope filled it was until like you started saying that. And I was like, nope, you're right.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's why I... I mean, I think this one had made... Retroactively makes me, like, the first one even better. Okay. Because I, I remember talking about that when we did that episode earlier this season. Was, like, I really liked how they wouldn't do what you expect them to do you know like a a miscommunication scene would turn into like oh well let's just communicate you know or like Mm -hmm. the jocks who would normally like scorn somebody from being in a high school musical but then his friends up just being like supportive of him you know like that i love that i love the twist on it and this one didn't have any of that it just like walked into everything you could expect so i didn't hate it I don't dislike this movie overall. And this one is so much better than High School Musical 2.
1: But <laughs> true.
0: Now that I've seen all three of them, if I had to pick one to rewatch and like one that's my favorite, I think it's going to be the first one, which I was not expecting to say.
1: No, I didn't expect you to say that either, because I mean, three is my favorite. I think it's mostly because I like the soundtrack more than anything. Like which which song did you like? I don't remember
0: a single song. Oh no. Which is the other thing. None of them stuck with me because they were all just like oh, it's like the <laughs> oh, Okay. No. Some musicals, some musicals, you get into a song and where you end that song is has advanced the story so far from where you started and it's like this huge storytelling device that accelerates the story into like a totally new realm right like if you want the most extreme example look at like hamilton right but not everything needs to be hamilton it's just as long as it propels the story forward in high school musical three every musical number is basically like let's stop and talk about the same thing for two minutes and then end exactly where we started and because of that almost none of them actually stuck in my mind
1: I can definitely see that for some of the songs. Um, I really like Scream, which is the song that he sings when he's in the, when he goes to the school at night. Also, like, how did he get in? Like, why is he even there? Like, wouldn't he get in trouble?
0: (laughs) Is that his CG basketball song? Yeah,
1: the really bad CG basketball song. Yeah. But I really liked that. That's my favorite song out of all of them, because he's literally having just the most biggest moment thing for himself.
0: Well, let's talk about the graphics for a second, because I did have one thing that jumped out to me. Okay. So the the CG basketballs didn't bother me because it's obvious that he's kind of in this like dream state in his own head. Like he's mm-hmm. really in his own head, right? So you know he's imagining these things. And it's like, okay, the CG basketballs can look fake and they're raining down all around him, and it's obviously not supposed to be real. Uh-huh. The thing that took me out of the movie completely was the green screen <laughs> during the treehouse scene. <laughs> it's it is so bad. it is horrendous. <laughs> Katie I was actively doing video production work in 2008, I could do a green screen better than these guys can. No, I and that know. was in like live production. They didn't rotoscope it. It's like they feathered the edges of the chroma key and they, they just went with it. You don't do that in, <laughs> oh my God, like actual cinema. You have a budget, you have millions of dollars. You don't just chroma key, you actually roto this to make it look good.
1: Oh, okay,
0: I feel better. I had to get that off my chest. It's bad.
1: Uh, also, did you ever notice that whenever um, Gabriella tells Troy that she loves him, she never actually says his name? She just goes, I love you, Wildcat. Really? Yeah, Every she never time? actually says his name. And they only Why? ever kiss just the one time.
0: That's pr- fairly chaste of the movie.
1: Yeah. Like, she never yeah. actually says his name most of the time. She calls him Wildcat. Right.
0: So I feel like I stomped on your movie a little bit much. Yeah, Are there it hurts any a little bit. you really that you really want to talk about that you love or jump out to you.
1: I mean, I really like I really like the screams, the scream part. That one's really good. I also like um, the the dance, the number between um, Troy and oh, my God, I can't remember his name, Corbin Blue's character where the boys are back where they're at the junkyard. Oh, yeah. Like that one was really that one was really cool. I like when they switch into like the little kid versions of themselves
0: little kid mode yeah that yeah, was
1: funny I like that one um scream is really good so is the prom song like that they do um, cause like it's very well choreographed and I like how they jump between like what the guys would go through and what the girls go through like getting yeah, ready that for prom was pretty good. um I will say that the stuff I don't like is I find <laughs> I find Gabriella to be hella annoying <laughs> like the entire <laughs> okay. movie um yeah, where she, like, gets into Stanford and then she gets into, like, their honors program, which is a huge honor. But she's like, yeah. I can't tell anyone about this. And then they have that girl with the fake, fake British accent, which is really terrible. Yep. Um. But the whole, like, I can't, like, we can't long distance relationship. It'll never work out. And then her and her mom just, like, pack up and leave and move to California. <laughs>
0: it's kind of weird like it's kind of strange yeah
1: yeah um i'm trying to oh okay do you remember the part where um they're in the yearbook room and the one guy brings in the brownies and he's like trying to ask um taylor to the prom and he like botches it real hard yeah yeah Kind of. Did you notice kind of? how he like brings in these brownies? And he's using like a hot mitt, and he's like uh, an oven mitt. And he's like they're so hot, and then he drops them on top of a of a light table on top of a bunch of like photographs and papers. I was like, that would melt.
0: Yeah. If it's that. No, hot. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. <laughs>
1: it's just like one thing I focused on real hard. I was like, there's no way this is like this is the fakest thing in this movie <laughs> besides that girl's British accent. <laughs>
0: I don't know. That tree green screen was really bad. Though. I know.
1: I know. But I do. I like how um, different parts that they stage the like different parts of the um, like the final musical at the end. Like that was pretty good. And I always think that Sharpay gets the short end of the stick a lot. Yeah. Like, I mean,
0: she's meant to. Right. Like that's her purpose in the story.
1: Yeah. But what is it? There's this whole, like, group of people who believe that Sharpay's actually not the real villain that Gabriella is. Okay. Because she, like, comes in and steals, basically, like, takes over everything that Sharpay's worked hard to build, even though she, in a, in a lot of ways, is very selfish about it, and it's very, like, her, her, her kind of thing. But um, she works hard to get, like, the lead role, but she doesn't get it anymore because now it's Gabriella. And then, like every time that she tries to get ahead, there's always something that they put in her way. Like she finally gets to sing that song with Troy, but then Troy doesn't show up. So then it's Rocket Man, right? Oh, yeah, and he's very handsy, and that was non-consensual. Not okay. <laughs>
0: no no they make some weird decisions around like some of the side characters and subplots in this movie
1: yeah and a lot of it's not okay like i felt so uncomfortable with the part where they were running with those two those two guys were running like shirtless in towels through the whole school i was like this is very uncomfortable
0: (laughs) yeah that was like my least favorite scene of the whole movie it just felt wrong i don't think that would make it into a movie uh right now No, no 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 Um, Okay, well, that's probably for the moment, unless there's anything else for you. Uh, Okay, so the bad and the good. Um, The bad, I already hit on it really hard, so I'm just going to reiterate, it's predictable, and it's cliche. And that's the bad. Like, I know I focused on it a lot, but really, that's the only, like, main thing that stuck out to me. Anything for you?
1: I mean, other than, like, the couple of decisions that they made that are very questionable, like, overall, like, it being predictable is not it's not something that I find bad since I've watched a lot of movies where you definitely know where the storyline is going. So that's not a bad thing in my personal opinion, but they've made, they made some bad like choices in the film during certain things that are just sort of like, Ooh, cringeworthy, really bad now. Yeah. Um, but there's a
0: lot of good in this one, I think. Mm-hmm. So for me, like choreography, production values, both really, really good. And then they can all actually sing now. So that's nice to see, you know. Um, like you mentioned, Zach Efron couldn't really sing in the first one, and then the mm-hmm. second one is just not a great movie for him to be singing in, but like he does a pretty good job in this one. So I think overall, like I didn't like I said, I didn't dislike the movie. I was just kind of expecting more after being so impressed with the first high school musical.
1: I also did talk it up pretty hard so
0: you did you might have set my expectations a little too I'm high I'm so sorry what's good for you in this one it sounds like a lot
1: um i thought the choreography was done really well the production value and all the different sets that they included were done really well especially on any of the the musical staging parts like prom and then the set at the end and things like that i loved all of that um, oh yeah those
0: are all super cool
1: I really liked so the singing is really i thought they did a like tremendous job with the singing like it's very very good like zach efron's voice in general got much better the reason he didn't sing in the first one was because they felt that his voice was not strong enough to accompany vanessa hudgens because her voice is very strong yeah um but obviously like he did hairspray and then he did the second one and then went into third one. And this is actually the last movie that Zach Efron sings in until the greatest showman.
0: Oh, and he's really good in that one too.
1: Yes, and his that's why I was so shocked because his voice is actually so different. Like if you listen to him in high school musical three and then listen to like rewrite the stars, they don't they don't sound the same at all. Yeah. Like his voice is dramatically different and has matured a lot but like I think he did a great job if anything else after the third one came out they got a really funny SNL skit out of it I don't know if you ever watched it or heard about it
0: no but you'll have to send it to me now
1: yeah basically like he went to college and then when he was having a moment he like broke out in a song and he was like people don't sing here <laughs> he goes how am I supposed to talk about my feelings if we don't sing songs it's really funny
0: Oh my god. I'll send that's it again. to you. I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, perfect. So would we watch it again?
1: Of course I would watch it again. Come on, Master Zephron. Have to.
0: I probably would. I think the thing is I'm more likely to actually go back and watch the first one again now. Okay. Um than I am this one. But this one, it's not bad. Like, yeah, sure, I'd watch it again.
1: You know what? I think that's where I land. At the end of the day, I say this is a win because you were very just not wanting to watch High School Musical at all because you didn't think it was going to be very good. And the fact that you think the first one is very good, I take that as a W.
0: Okay, that's fair. I think that's a good win. Um, If you guys want to watch along with us, what we have coming up next, we're going to do 101 Dalmatians from 1996, which is the live action remake, Cars from 2006, and Ice Princess from 2005. Um, and then we're getting into some Christmas movies after that. Don't forget, we are part of a network. We have podcasts. We have streamers. We have the Geekery blog. All that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek slash subscribe to get it sent to you. That brings us to Weekly Geekery. What have you been up to this week, Katie?
1: Um, well, I bought more concert tickets for next year, which I'm super excited about. I'm seeing Eric Nom, who is a solo K-pop artist. Okay. Um, I'm very excited. It was also a better ticket buying experience than the BTS one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet.
1: Um, but also Steph, friend of the podcast, Steph bought Eric Nam tickets all on her own. So she's going to go see him in Portland. Cool. So I'm very excited about that. I'm excited to hear her feedback. Um She's also coming with me to see another K-pop group in February. Um, That's going to be thrilling because they just announced they're releasing two new albums for that group, and one of them is supposed to be more mature. It actually has a 19-plus rating on it. Okay. Interesting. I'm terrified, to be honest. Um, But anyways, so that's happening. And then also um, not the podcasting chelsea the one that i podcast with but um uh, a listener who i became friends with who listens to this show and then she's also a big k-pop fan her name is chelsea also um she came over for dinner actually last week and we watched we ate korean fried chicken and then watched high school musical three. <laughs> oh, cool that's awesome yeah that's that's how i prepped for this podcast we had chicken and we watched it together it was very fun
0: perfect Nice. Yep. Um for me this week I'm going to bring you something. I don't know if you've heard of it before. It's called TikTok.
1: Yes, of course. <laughs> no, I know you've heard of this.
0: No, I'm like way behind the times on this and I I, I acknowledge that. But it's uh, it's interesting. It's like I'm not the first one to this. Like I said, I'm years behind here. People have been on TikTok for years now, but it's very interesting to me from like an algorithm standpoint because the way that their algorithm is compared to all the other social media platforms is you only ever get to watch one video at a time which I don't think I like I kind of knew but I didn't realize what that meant from like uh, an algorithm for your own feed and what it means is that they have perfect data on what people are interested in because they know every video you've watched and how much of it you've watched down to the exact second that you clicked away from it and so i did some research into their algorithm and they actually don't care that much about who you like or who you follow or like what you choose to like add to your oh yeah i'm following these people i'm liking these videos all they really watch is like how much you've watched of any given video And then that populates your feed with more stuff. So you're controlling your like for you page without realizing how much you're actually influencing it by watching a video to completion or not. And that's just utterly fascinating to me. And the side effect is that like I made a TikTok and I'm getting into it. I'm not posting any content. I'm purely using it for consumption, but it's a really interesting way to like, hijack your brain in a way that's more engaging than like uh, Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn because it's taking up the full screen and like every single second is demanding your attention and as soon as you get bored for one second you swipe and you're onto the next thing. And it's like pure dopamine in the worst way imaginable and it's probably the most addictive social platform which is probably horrible for people but I find it kind of endlessly fascinating. That's, That's why I wanted to bring TikTok as Geekery today.
1: I mean, it is very interesting, like the algorithm that they use and then like what gets populated on your TikTok. Mine is this sort of weird mishmash of K-pop, Karen exposing videos (laughs) (laughs) and then like other weird stuff. And then I also get like good stuff. Like I love the videos from um, this this woman. She's the trans handyman. Okay. And she's amazing. And she just goes through and like teaches people how to fix like easy things in their house so that you can be like independent and stuff and like fix things for yourself. Cool. Um I love her videos and then um there's like a bunch of other ones, but it is very weird how your um how you end up on different sides of TikTok.
0: Yes. Yeah, because like it f- it compounds on itself and it'll, you'll like feed into different like subsections of TikTok because it, you'll watch a whole video and it'll be like, oh, yeah, this person watched the whole video. Let me give them another one like that. And you'll end up down these rabbit holes, right? It's kind of terrifying.
1: Like,
0: I, on mine, it's like a bunch of, um, it's a lot of like music discovery and like people performing music um, or like mashing up songs in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. And, It's like that combined with a bunch of um, like married life, kid life videos of people that are roughly my age. And then there's like throwback stuff to like, you know, you're a millennial if X, Y, Z. And I'm like, yeah, that does hook me. I shouldn't, but I do anyway. And so... I have my own, like you, the stuff that you're seeing, I don't think I've seen any of that ever. And then I was telling my wife about how interesting the algorithm is to me and like how TikTok works. And then as I'm talking about it, she downloaded it and now she's absolutely addicted. And her TikTok feed is completely different than mine. And so we end up sending each other different TikToks. And it's like, we're talking about it. Neither one of us wants to make any content for TikTok or interact with anything on there. No, we purely just want to consume and like send each other funny TikToks, And that's our entire interaction with the platform.
1: Yeah, I've made like two videos and it's, that's it. And like they're not even like actual videos for like anything that anyone would watch. Um, I don't want to make content. I just want to watch it. I am a like and comment person.
0: Yeah, I'm not even that. Like I mean, I'm trying the like button to see if it influences my algorithm or not because I'm curious about that, mm-hmm. but I've never commented ever. I don't intend to. Like, I don't need to. It's fine. But anyway, so there. I'm I'm years behind on TikTok, but I'm finally catching up and it's fascinating to me.
1: It means I can send you funny TikToks now.
0: You can. You can send me funny TikToks. I, it sounds great. I,
1: my sister and my brother like the three of us have a group chat and honestly, all we do is send funny TikToks to each other about stuff.
0: Perfect. Okay. I'll expect some funny TikToks from you. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, that's
0: probably it for today. You guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is Disney forever Podcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at Disney Ever Pod.
1: You can also talk to us in real time by joining our Slack workspace or our discord server.
0: I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the geek to geek podcast with BJ Keaton.
1: And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at Lady Catherine P. am also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop. I'm also one of the members of the What Is Not Real Play like episodes for as the dice roll and then you can also catch me as a guest co-host for the zombie primer on geekitude you're so busy so many podcasts Yep. uh this has been disney
0: forever with katie and void we'll be back next week as long as disney keeps making content that can't be forever right
1: i mean the title for the series is long they could add some more like subtitles to that right
0: Yeah, just keep stacking on colons and more things, and it'll get more meta and more meta and more meta. Exactly.